0: what up everybody my name is athena and you're listening to vanished in the valley we're gonna do something a little wild and crazy this week because it is vanished in the valley's one year anniversary that's right february 4th 2020 was the first episode ever And we covered the Carly Gousset case. It was just actually her case that made me want to start a podcast. Because I realized that there was such a huge problem for missing people and their families. And if you're not one of those lucky families that the media, I guess, chooses to kind of like focus on and becomes a national story. Your family member just kind of gets lost in the sauce. Nobody even hears about it. So... I started the podcast basically just to help those families out. And I don't know if you guys remember, if you've uh, been one of our long-time listeners, I always had a guest on by the name of Sidekick Ken. Well, our first story today actually kind of involves him and his stepdaughter that was murdered two days ago in Richmond, California. So here we go. This is going to be Kiana's story. And I'm really hoping that any of our Bay Area listeners, if you guys know who murdered her, please come forward. Contact me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or contact CHP's Golden Gate Division Special Investigations Unit at 707-917-4491. So, Saturday night around 940 Kiana and a friend were driving a green Chevy Malibu, and they're on a little highway that's called Highway 80, and that's in Richmond, California. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Richmond. It does have a violence problem. It has a gang problem and it has a gun problem. So apparently they were just driving down the highway, and somebody drove up to the car and fired into her car. And right now CHP is not like listing a motive or anything I've got my own ideas which we'll get to in a minute but what apparently happened is at 9 15 Kiana and her passenger her friend were shot as they were driving westbound on I-80 just east of the Richmond Parkway so Kiana was driving her Chevy Malibu which was actually a rental and after she was shot Her friend that was in the car with her, she drove her to the hospital. And apparently at this time, her friend is not saying anything. I get it. You know, there's fears of retaliation. There's that whole street silence that people like to adhere to for whatever reason. But as of right now, she's not talking. And this is the fucked up part, you guys. Her mom wasn't even notified of her death by the police or by CHP, by Richmond PD, or even by a fucking doctor. Her mom got a phone call from her son, who's actually incarcerated. And he says, Mom, I just found out something happened to Kiana. Where is Kiana? And her mom didn't believe it. She had just spoken to Kiana earlier that day. So her mother, Arcuria, starts calling the hospitals and gets every parent's worst nightmare confirmed. Her 24-year-old daughter have been shot and killed, leaving behind a five-year-old daughter, who now, Kiana's mother, Archeria, will be raising by herself. Kiana didn't have the easiest life. She was raised by a single mom who literally worked her ass off day and night to provide for Kiana and her brother, Carlos. But because she was a single mom, because she had to work so much, she wasn't always around, so they were at home alone a lot. And that's kind of where sidekick Ken comes into the picture. Arkiria and sidekick Ken meet, and they get married. But, as you know how kids kind of are with step-parents, they didn't always get along. And unfortunately, you know, five, six, seven years later, after Ken and Arkiria married, they ended up getting divorced. So, but as the years go on, Kiana and sidekick Ken, they actually kind of mended their relationship And Kiana had even told Ken that she appreciated what Ken had done for her while raising her and always treating her right and never being inappropriate with her. So when she's 19 years old, she actually gets pregnant and has a baby. But this is when all kinds of problems start happening for Kiana. Apparently, the man that she has this baby with has some fucked up friends that don't really like Kiana. And kind of from that day forward, this guy's female friends have been fucking with her. So, I'm assuming this has something to do with that. Because other than that, Kiana's not out robbing people. She's not out doing fucked up shit in the streets. She's a fucking mother that works, takes care of her kid, and sees her quote-unquote baby daddy every now and then. And now she's dead. Who in their fucking right mind goes and shoots and murders A 24-year-old mother on the freeway, fucking drive-by shooting, just snuffs out her life. This poor little five-year-old girl gets to grow up without a mother. So, anybody listening in the Richmond, Oakland area, or just even in the Bay Area, if you guys know anything about the murder of Keanu Davis, please let somebody know. If this person is fucking out on the street, this person that literally has no control over themselves, that they think it's okay to murder a 24-year-old woman that is a mother of a 5-year-old daughter, anybody, like, in their mind thinks that's okay, I promise you this person is going to hurt other people. They need to be taken off the street. And I know karma will get them because street karma is no fucking joke out there. You can't fuck around out in Richmond, Oakland, in that area, and not expect it come back and get you. So, if it happens to be you and you're listening to this, please turn yourself in to the Richmond Police Department or the Oakland Police Department before street karma comes and takes your life, because that is definitely what's going to happen if you don't resolve this with the justice system now. Her mother is completely heartbroken. She tried to explain to her five-year-old daughter that her mother was in heaven and she would not be coming home, and her daughter replied, I don't want my mommy in heaven. I want her here. So just imagine that. That's what this family's going through tonight, the night before, and it'll be going through for several months to come. So again, please come forward if you have any information on the murder of Kiana Davis. So the next story I'm going to tell you guys about is a woman that's been missing since 2002. And this case has kind of just like been all over the place. There's been crazy rumors about her. There's just been just a complete injustice for the missing woman and her son. An Arkansas missing person case has actually been reopened after the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children notified the Fulton County Sheriff's Office about a possible lead. We have a four-year-old, Thomas Mikey Ritu, who was reported missing September first, two 2002, from Salem, Arkansas, and was last seen with a woman. Two years later, his mother, Angela Mack Cox, who was 20 years old at the time, was listed as the person who was with him. And according to proponents who are wanting to help solve the case, Max Cox left behind a two-year-old son. Now, the son that was left behind, she was actually in a relationship with that kid's father, Matthew Niederbach. They had just the one son together, and he was left behind when Angela and Mikey disappeared. So both Angela's husband and Niederbach live in Salem. Thomas is Angela's son by a previous relationship. His biological father actually died in Idaho in 2019. Fulton County Sheriff's Office investigator, Del Weaver, said, The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children advised getting a lead on the case on or about August 18, 2020. Weaver has followed up on the lead and has interviewed several people who knew Max Koch in attempt to kind of get some facts on the case. He says there's been so many rumors as to what happened to them that it has made getting to the truth extremely difficult. The group, called Justice for Angie, led by Tiffany Thomas, is aware of all of these crazy rumors in Salem that Angela was murdered and buried on top of a fresh grave in Salem, that Mikey was sold, traded, or murdered with his mother. These are all the crazy rumors swimming around this case, you guys. But this is what the investigator knows. The child was reported missing by his father, Tommy Michael Ritu, and was last seen September 1st, 2002. Why did it take two years for Max Cox to be reported missing? The investigator on the case was told by others that she was going to California and to Iowa. And if that was the case... No one knew where she was. Nobody thought it would be like an important thing to like, you know, try to get a hold of her in these two years or get to the exact bottom of where she was. And that's just like one of the many problems in this case. Many reports state that Mikey and Angela went missing from Salem, Arkansas, which has a population of around 1,600, or Elton, Missouri, that has a population of 830. They're about 40 miles apart. So there's also a blog on Facebook called Justice for Angie, and they want to find closure for Angela and Mikey. The list of suspects was given to Investigator Weaver, as well as specific messages they were able to obtain stating what had happened to Angela. September 1st will be 18 years that they've been missing, and it's been extremely frustrating. 18 years ago, Fulton County Sheriff Al Rourke was given information about Angela's whereabouts and suspected murder. However, check this out, a missing persons case wasn't even opened, but it is believed that Rourke did give a photo to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, NamUs. But check this out even worse, the photo given to NamUs, it wasn't even Angela. It was the photo of her brother-in-law's ex-girlfriend. It's like, what the fuck? How is all this fuckery happening on this case? And nobody's been charged. Angela and Mikey have never been found. And all of these rumors are still swirling about. They were supposedly seen in a late model dark gray blue Chevy or GMC extended cab pickup truck. And I think it had Missouri license place. At the time of Angela's disappearance, there had been a few men in her life. The investigators believe all of her exes have or had vital information regarding the case. They say they know Angela had a group of friends at the time and that they were all possibly involved or a witness to it. But it's like, you think if there was such a large group of people that either A, were involved or B, witnessed something, like how are all of these people keeping their stories straight this long? Either the investigation was super fucking shoddy, or we've got this group of people that are just fucking amazing next level liars and keep all their stories straight. Just seems like a total shit show from start to finish. A shit show. Okay, so now I'm just going to give you kind of like a timeline of events prior to Angela and Mikey's disappearance. Thomas Michael Ritu was the biological dad of Mikey. Angela was 16 years old when Mikey was born on July 7th, 1998. On January 17th, 2019, Ritu died in a mini Cassia County Jail in Burley, Idaho. Acute methamphetamine toxicity was listed as the cause of death, and that's according to a Twin Falls Sheriff's Office investigation. Ritu was 38 years old. In the year 2000, Angela was in a relationship with Jeremy Niederbach, Then 22 years old, they had a son named Matthew Niederbach. This son lives in Salem, Arkansas, with his biological father, Jeremy, and Jeremy's mother. that's according to the group Justice for Angie. And if you do an online search, it shows Jeremy Niederbach has at least nine arrests between 2004 and 2019 for felony drugs, theft, and domestic abuse. Authorities have listed him a habitual offender. Now, I've actually seen those charges kind of disputed if you go to that blog, Justice for Angie. They say he's only had a gun charge, and that gun charge was actually dropped. So Angela was married to James M. Cox. That's when she vanished. He lives in Salem, Arkansas. On May 29th, 2002, three months before her disappearance, She was involved in a head-on two-car fatality crash on State Highway 9 in Fulton County. Her husband, then 22, crossed the center line while driving a 91 Dodge truck and hit a 1982 Chevrolet truck, killing the driver and the passenger's unborn child. And that's according to the Arkansas State Police Report. The person killed in that was Susan K. Maines, who was 46, and the passenger was Lacey Leitenfelter, 19, Both are from Mammoth Springs, Arkansas. Her school best friends has fond memories of Angie, as she was called. There were four of them. Tiffany Thomas, who runs that blog I've been telling you about, Tammy R., Steve B., and Jennifer McIntyre. Angie moved from Arkansas, from Escondido, California, right before high school. Her friend Tiffany recalls that she was one of the funnest people she'd ever met, and She says she was kind of short and spunky, outgoing and dramatic, loud, but so much fun. She was always trying to make people laugh, pulling a prank or pulling a joke on somebody. But basically, all of those friends I just listed, this is a quote from them. One thing we all agree on is that someone knows. It just amazes us that after 18 years, no one's come forward or gotten a guilty conscience or turned on one another. Sadly, those involved in Angie and Mikey's disappearance seem to be career criminals. Now earlier I was telling you about how Tommy Ritu died of methamphetamine toxicity in a fucking jail cell. Let me just tell you a little story of that really quick. So Tommy Ritu died after being arrested following a traffic stop. He'd gotten into a physical fight with the police during his arrest. After being placed in a holding cell around 6 15 that night, he told another inmate that he had swallowed Two grams of black tar heroin and eight grams of methamphetamine. Tommy complained of leg pain, then he became lethargic before vomiting and convulsing. He died at 11 p.m. after being transported to a nearby hospital by jail staff. So they did do an investigation into his death and it indicated he was left in a cell without being checked for an hour and a half. The staff wrongly, believed him to be detoxing. And of course, they were distracted by another inmate who had committed suicide. The fuck is up with this jail? So it's unlikely, or people believe it's unlikely, he was involved in Angie's disappearance, as he was the person who asked authorities for help shortly after his son Mikey vanished. Now, back to Jeremy Niederbrock. He, like I told you earlier, law enforcement says he's a habitual offender, which other people dispute. They say he's been in and out of custody for nearly two decades. Between 2004 and 2019, he was arrested nine times. Niederbach, or someone pretending to be him, posted the following discussion about Angie's disappearance on the Charlie Project website. Rumor is Angie overdosed and the group she was with buried her body on top of a grave on a property Arkansas. Sheriff Al Rourke has never taken it seriously. Mikey was supposed to be taken care of by someone else and she never returned and they never turned him over. An acquaintance of Angie's posted a similar opinion on Tiffany Thompson's webpage. And this is what she wrote. The confession I heard was that she was buried near the property or on the property where the Buchanan shooting happened. I tried calling state police and everyone including putting it on my Facebook at the time I found out I knew Angie in 1999. I was married to the guy who confessed. Okay. Now that alone seems pretty fucking convincing. This girl's saying she was married to the motherfucker that confessed to killing this young mother and burying her on a fucking property on top of a grave. And if that's the case, where's Mikey? So there's just so many questions in this case. Like, remember at the beginning of this story, I was telling you that Angela was married? Well, let me just kind of catch you up on that whole part of her life. So, when Angie disappeared, she was actually married to a guy named James Cox. But they weren't actually together because she was with the Niederbach guy. And I told you about the accident where he crossed the lane, he killed the driver and the unborn child of the passenger, the police are saying he is also a habitual offender. Apparently, he had charges filed, included manufacturing, intent to distribute in possession of meth. Yes, apparently as uh, several individuals were arrested in connection with that, the police seized over ten thousand dollars in assets. He was then arrested again on may twenty fifth two thousand and seventeen due to an outstanding court warrant. Sheriff Rourke discovered he had in his possession a twenty-two caliber rifle, and that led to an arrest for a Class B felony, which is just possession of a firearm. So it sounds like she had a bunch of kind of scummy motherfuckers around her, and when you're dealing with meth and people manufacturing meth and not getting the motherfucking sleep that you need, who knows what happened? Because when you don't sleep, you go a little cuckoo, and... I think it's totally possible that she could have been killed or overdose and somebody panicked and buried her on some fucked up property in Arkansas. But that leads us back again. Where's Mikey? So I don't know, guys. Right now, Mikey would be like 22 years old and um, a fucking adult. He might not even know his own identity because he was so young when they went missing. He was only four years old. So, I'm going to put pictures up on the Instagram of Angie. I'll put them up also of Mikey. I do have an age progression of Mikey as well as, you know, when he was four years old. So, go check that out. And maybe we can uh, get something going on this case because if they just received a tip last August, somebody out there somewhere knows something. And hopefully, they're getting off the goddamn meth, getting the proper sleep, and their conscience is coming back, and maybe they'll tell the police or some sort of crime stopper's line something. So if you have any information on Angela Mac Cox and Thomas quote unquote Mikey Ritu, please call the investigating agency, which is Salem, Arkansas Police at one eight seven zero eight nine five. 2601 you can even go online to tips.fbi.gov and let somebody at the FBI know just any information at this point would be awesome her friends and family really want her back they want answers and they want justice for Angela and Mikey okay guys so now it's time for an update on a case i told you about way back in october it was the disappearance of Holly Courtier, who went missing for 12 days, and she was in Zion National Park in Utah. The thing is, the sheriff came out maybe a day or two after she was found and kind of said that he suspected something wasn't right. He said there's no way that somebody could survive in Zion Park with no supplies, no water because the only water source there, the Virgin River, is actually super contaminated, and if you drank it, you'd probably die. So he was very suspicious of her story. So just a little background on the story. Holly went out there to Zion Park, and after a couple of days, her daughter reported her missing. So they sent out search and rescue people, which 12 days later, actually found her not too far from the parking lot of Zion National Park. She told rescue workers that she had been drinking the water from the river, that she hit her head at some point, and was kind of confused. But paramedics later reported they saw no evidence of a head injury. So they actually did kind of open an investigation into Holly to see maybe could they prosecute her with fraud? Was this like a whole fraud thing to get a GoFundMe account going? Some people were saying that on her Facebook page, she had actually speculated about getting a reality show based upon being lost in the forest, but had supposedly deleted the post a few days before going missing. So this is uh so check this out. This is the update. The Washington County Sheriff's Office revealed in kind of like an exclusive interview with ABC4 News, and Lieutenant David Krause said investigators did not look into the circumstances surrounding her mysterious disappearance. He says people are wanting to know how or why it happened, and we pointed out that it's not a typical circumstance. Instead, Sheriff's officials focused their investigation on whether Curtier's disappearance was part of an elaborate GoFundMe fraud scam. As I just said, that was a widely circulating rumor, and tips apparently came in saying that it was a whole GoFundMe scam. It sounds like a bunch of bored ass bitches just fucking sticking their nose into shit that has nothing to do with them. He went on to say. <laughs> Lieutenant Krause went on to say we never found any evidence to support any of the claims that any criminal activity took place. There was a lot of miscommunication speculation and sometimes it came from not having all the facts. Holly who is a 38 year old mother from Woodland Hills still hasn't come out and spoken to anybody about those 12 days she was in Zion Park. So kind of like to everyone involved it kind of just seems like it was a mental health episode Combined with miscommunication, combined with a bunch of Karen sticking their nose in a shit that has nothing to do with them, and no charges are going to be filed against her. They don't think any criminal things happen, and they don't believe and it was elaborate fucking fraud scam for GoFundMe. So it, her family did come out and clarify that Holly did not drink the river water because apparently she knew it had high toxicity levels. When she was taken to an emergency room that night, the doctor allegedly diagnosed her with a concussion, although the family said Holly had decided to forego an MRI or CAT scan. So, exactly what happened to Kirtier during those 12 days and why, the sheriff's office said, it didn't believe it was their role to uncover. Could we have possibly figured out how it happened? I believe we could if we answered all the questions, Krause said. However, I don't think it would have been an ethical use of taxpayer money for us to actually investigate it. It's not a crime and it's not under our jurisdiction. So we ended it where we did. A Zion official told ABC four news that the park's final report will be made public as soon as possible. And if I find that report and there's any like cool new information in it, I'll definitely update you guys. So that's about it for today's episode. But before I go, as I always do, I gotta say what's up to our downloaders. Okay, Manteca. Manteca, California. Where the fuck did you guys come from? You guys just came from nowhere and took my number one spot. Is that because I was, like, fucking around in your guys' Home Depot parking lot trying to get Gavin Newsom recalled last weekend? Whatever the reason. That's what's up. Thank you guys for downloading. And LA, you guys came in again from nowhere to take the number two spot. And Temecula, SoCal, what's up? You guys are like raining all over my front page here. So, you guys, thank you so much for the downloads. I appreciate all you guys listening. Come say what's up to me on the Instagram at VanishedInTheValleyAthena. Or you can email me at VanishedInTheValley at gmail.com. Come say what's up. Let me know what's going on. Another thing I need to let you guys know about is if you would like to become a producer of an episode of Vanished in the Valley, all you have to do is go to Cash App and find Vanished Athena, or go to the description on each episode and scroll down, and you'll see a little link that says supporter.acast.com backslash Vanished in the Valley. So just click that link and you become a producer that way, and you will get producer credits And, of course, we would totally appreciate that. So, go check it out and become a producer. Earlier in the episode, I did tell you we were going to do something a little wild and crazy and different because it is Vanished in the Valley's one-year anniversary. So, you just listened to this whole episode about a murder that's really super close to home to me and Psychic Ken. You heard about it vanishing, and you got an update. Well... Go check back on the website because there will also be another episode uploaded today, Thursday. So you're getting two episodes today. And that's just a celebration because we've been around for a year now and it seems like every week we get more listeners and you guys are what's up. You are literally the reason every week I fucking dive into rabbit holes and tell you guys what I've found. The fuckery going on, the missing people out there. So thank you, guys. I fucking appreciate it 100%. And go check out the next episode. It's going to be more conspiracy-driven. So if that's your take, if that's what you guys like, go listen to that one too. So have a good day. Be aware. And as always, don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.